This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Law School Show. My name is Nicholas Chung, and I'll be your host for today. Now, over the years, demand for legal practitioners in rural areas has grown nationwide. Uh, Many small town practices are at risk of closing without new lawyers to take over. As a law student that'll be joining the legal profession, uh, I find this topic interesting, and I hope my peers might think the same. So today, I'll be exploring what legal work looks like in rural areas, the problems that maybe led to this increase in demand, and the opportunities that are available for students like me and maybe you. Joining me today to discuss this is Kevin Simonette. Uh, For years, Kevin has run his own practice in service of rural communities and is personally invested on the subject himself. Hello, Kevin. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Nick. Thanks for uh, inviting me to talk to you on this topic. Uh, it's uh, one that's very close to my heart. Uh, I've been practicing in Campbell River, British Columbia since 2009. I've been active uh, through the Game Bar Association BC branch. Um, I was the elected member for the North Island here for a few years and um, bringing in new blood and younger uh, practitioners or fresh practitioners into more regional or rural areas is uh, it's very important and uh, it does uh, it gives the practitioner um, a, a, a good lifestyle but it, it is different than the one that might be uh, sold at the law schools um, or from uh, most of the presentations from what we colloquially call big law from the big cities. I mean, I can definitely attest to that as a law student at, at Ottawa. We, we mostly hear about big firms and, and like city practices there and the OCI process, honestly, um, they do say that there are recruitments and anything and, and opportunities available outside of it, but it's, it's difficult to actually find out what they are. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing how, what got you into rural practice in the first place. Right. Uh, how did you hear about it and what, what got you interested? Yeah, that's kind of a, it's an interesting method there. Uh, cause I, w- I used to be a commercial fisherman. So I spent a lot of times in rural areas too. Um, I, not in Campbell river. Uh, I, I spent time in Port Hardy, some of the other more fishing ports around the more of the commercial fishing ports. Campbell river is more of a sports fishing port does have some commercial industry here. But um, I was in first year law school at University of Calgary, not uh, near (laughs) Campbell River at all. And um, one of the law firms here, Shukwitka Bishop Field, uh, sent out a recruitment letter to the University of Calgary, maybe some other uh, law schools too, um, asking for lawyers, which uh, at the time I thought was a little different because uh, most of the time... um, the uh, students in law, in law schools are looking for articles and this was looking for a lawyer. So I thought they were missing a step, but that was definitely what, um, that was the seed that was planted into my head and germinated over the next couple of years uh, while I was finishing law school. Um, 
the big there's another big thing that happened there's always seems to be but uh i started law school in 2005 so when i graduated in 2008 may of 2008 everything was looking okay but then over the next 12 months or i articled in calgary uh there's some significant changes between uh uh, May 2008, May 2009 being uh, the major financial crash. Um, real estate went down the tubes. Uh, interest rates went from very high to very low. Uh, mergers, acquisitions. Basically, a lot of those areas where uh, the articling students would go into or younger lawyers kind of help out, uh, those opportunities diminished. Um, and so that's why... and. My girlfriend at the time, my wife now, was the year beneath me in law school. She was a year behind. That's why I stayed in Calgary. She had a, a lot of difficulties finding articles. Um, she wanted to do articles in, in Calgary. And the bigger firms, uh, they shut their doors to new articles. Um, it became very difficult. And so I always wanted I wanted to give Campbell River a chance. So we we came out here and uh, interviewed with a number of different firms in a number of different smaller communities. Some of the bigger ones, too, like Nanaimo. But we went over to uh, Port Alberni, which is even smaller than Campbell River over in the West Coast there. Uh, and uh, also in, in Courtney, B.C., and then up here in Campbell River. And uh, it was much different. All of those uh, interviews uh, were very positive. We met with the uh, the decision makers in the firms. Generally, if it was a bit of a larger firm, they would send us to lunch with the younger members of the firm, some of the younger lawyers. Um, there was a real sales job going on there, which was a lot different than uh, we'd encountered in Calgary and doing the bigger uh, I never went into the Vancouver process. It's a little bit like OCI's, I imagine, where there's these dates and the interviews have to happen here and responses. Exactly. It's, it's just this total, uh, that never interested me in the first place, um, just because uh, I'm, I was older. I was a older, uh, went into law school a little older, and I knew that I, I needed to find a fit um, that the, that, process that big law process wasn't going to take into account in that's the way i felt uh, some other people had their own feelings on it but uh uh it worked out really well by striking out and going to the smaller firms um and then uh, from there because i slightly entrepreneurial starting my own law firm uh, grew naturally from that and uh, has been a, a very rewarding process for me although Again, lots of work, but uh, anybody should be expecting lots of work, no matter what their uh, their goals are in getting into law. I mean, if you enjoy your work, why wouldn't you want a lot of it, right? Um, it sounds like there was a lot of like factors that actually generally pushed you into the area. Like you, you went from Calgary straight over to BC, and honestly, it sounds pretty exciting. I think you really benefited probably from having a mindset of knowing what you wanted rather than a lot of other law students and peers that I know that aren't sure of exactly what kind of practice they're they're going to look for, what kind of work they're trying to find. So that's good for you. Yeah, uh, it was it was difficult. I, I came from a commercial fishing background. Um, the reason why I left commercial fishing was the entire industry was dying. Um, uh-huh. And so I didn't really want to get into fishing law too much because I, in my mind, uh, 
fishing was not a sunset industry, I'd still be a commercial fisherman. Uh, so the, the other thing about going into small town law um, was the opportunities to branch out and try different things. Like I did a lot of litigation early in my career. I, uh, I was the uh, a, a public defender kind of for uh, minors and that were wards of the state. So I, uh, when youth that were in uh, foster care or in other, uh, in state control, if they got into trouble with the law, I'd be their lawyer. Um, which was very rewarding work. Um, and it's something that's interesting to do at the beginning of your career where you're just out learning, um, getting getting a feel for it and also being able to give back, right? Because um, most of the senior lawyers, they give back in different ways, but there, there's still uh, a lot of need, uh, especially in the smaller towns to, to get in there, uh, to show that the, not all lawyers are looking like uh, the TV shows. And I think that's the biggest thing that I try and uh, also tell my clients and to tell uh, people that I want to come to work with, with me uh, in a smaller town is that, yeah, small town law is not at all like the, the movies or the, or the TV shows, but it is very exciting and it, and it is it's very satisfying. Um, as I was talking to you, uh, before we went on to this, I went to a, uh, a conference in Vancouver. Um, I was talking to some of the other you know, there's senior practitioners around the table and going through some of the things I've done. And I said, like, oh, yeah, I, I was the um, uh, federal prosecutor for the North Island for four years. And they're they're just like, like, how old are you? But it's like the fact is in the small towns and the smaller regions, you can get into that. Um, they are looking for lawyers in every field. And so you do have an opportunity to try out these different things. Um, I found out that although the Public Prosecution Service of Canada identifies as a independent prosecution service, that uh, it's politics, it's political. Um, and that, but I, I didn't have to go through a full, uh, like you would in Vancouver, join the office and then kind of set your, your kind of set your where you're going to go early in, in your career whereas here I was able to do it for four years uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it it was invigorating you do uh, fish drugs and taxes uh, which are a wide variety of law um, you work with the local police and um, it's uh, I had a fishing background so that was handy but at the end of it you know you're I was able just to continue on um, in a mixed solicitor's litigation um, practice that I have. But if uh, my clients do have a, a criminal issue problem or a problem that uh, has some criminal element to it, uh, I'm able to assist them. Uh, I know the, the provincial prosecutors. I know all the defense around town too, the defense lawyers. And so it just is another opportunity that I'm able to help my clients uh, in, a, in a broad variety of, uh, of areas of law that, that come up. That doesn't mean I'm an expert in it, but um, it means that I'm, I'm able to tell them to call me first. And if I can't help, I'll find you the lawyer that can, right? And so it, it saves them from having to interview a whole bunch of different lawyers. And that brings value uh, to your client and to you as a, as a small town practitioner. Yeah. I mean, 
it sounds like like general practice like is actually general like you you do have like a really wide berth even more so than maybe you would get like at one of those big law firms that say they're full service for businesses i guess so that's actually really interesting because i know a couple friends who are like split between criminal law or like solicitor work and stuff like that so it's it's good to see that there's a lot of opportunities to explore out there um you you did you did mention like a lot about the differences in what work is available uh currently so like maybe could you expand more on like what your current practice is like in in, in campbell river yeah so my wife uh she's also a, a lawyer with me here um and we're both the same uh same number of years since our call i've got one more year um i was called in 2009 she's called 2010 but she does a solicitor primary practice. Uh, she's realized she doesn't want to go to court and I do a mixed bag or I don't mind going to court, but, um, uh, I got tired of in the litigation stream of litigating. If these people had gone, if these clients had gone to a lawyer in the first place, I wouldn't be dealing with their litigation. And so I was like, all right, I, I started then doing more of the solicitor work because I started seeing some of the problems the same problems over and over again. Um, and then in the solicitor side saying, I'm trying to, my job is to keep you safe from other lawyers, which always sounds funny, but um, by making those mistakes that end those, those mistakes at the beginning where proactive law is a lot cheaper than reactive law. And so I, I went into an area uh, just helping out certain companies and then it expanded from there because uh, I went into kind of construction law, builders liens of all the niche areas. When I left the bigger law firm in Campbell River, which had like eight lawyers, I went into my basement. I just started doing builders lien law. Um, out of that, I got to know some construction companies. And from there, it expanded to contract law. It expanded to employment law. They also were buying and selling properties. Uh, they were involved in development. So it really expanded and, and it's just the same clients, right? And, and a lot of the time they're like, if you tell them, it's like, well, I'm not gonna charge you to learn this, but uh, I'll, I'll get all the fresh stuff for you and I can do this. I just need a bit more time. They were very uh, understanding and um, uh, I got up to speed on those. And now construction law is a major portion of my practice. I tell people I do dirt law, so we do leases here. Um, it's basically, you look around, you f figure out the clients that you want, um, and then you tailor your practice to deliver uh, value to those clients and to deliver knowledge, because that's a lot of times what they want. They want a, a sniff test, and they give you a call, and you're like, yeah, this does take more legal work, or no, you're on the right track you don't need legal work at this time, but if it progresses to this point, come back and talk to me. And, um, and so during the pandemic, that was before the pandemic, this was great. It was really sustainable. I was doing fine. Then the pandemic happened and, uh, lawyers got really thrown into, uh, something that uh, a lot of practicing lawyers hadn't seen before. Now was, um, uh, the, politicians ruling by emergency decree. So here in BC, we had Dr. Bonnie Henry making a statement. And when that statement was made, it was law, but there was nothing written down. And then our clients would phone being restaurants or uh, gyms were two of the biggest ones that seemed to get 
affected by what they were allowed to do or what they weren't allowed to do, asking you what the law was. And uh, usually that's an easy-ish question for a lawyer to get. You know, you get a little bit, you're like, hang on, I'll do a little research here. You go up onto Canley, kind of look at things, see how it's progressed. But in this area, it wasn't. And, um, and then uh, it got interesting when the government did produce the text of what Dr. Bonnie Henry made into law with her speech, and they didn't match. So then what happens? Um, and nobody really knew what was going on. Um, but the good thing was, I thought, was the um, how much the commercial, uh, like the restaurants, the, the commercial establishment that didn't deal with lawyers much, other than we just took, we did their annual returns for their corporate books. They reached out and um, those relationships re were really strengthened because they, they realized, A, their lawyer is open for business uh, and is still working on, on their needs to keep their business open. And um, that was, because that was an area of law, like that's more of administrative law, which I don't say I had a, uh, a lot of experience in but it was an emergency so we dove in there um kept a lot of places open just kept them from people just didn't know and there was a lot of uh i don't want to say panic but there was a lot of heightened emotion and um and so being able to help out and it really did feel like you helped out your your community um by trying to get some answers there uh that was, that just shows like, even though there's always change, change is always the constant, but I believe that even as these changes are coming down, there's still going to be a requirement within smaller communities uh, for a lawyer, for lots of lawyers actually, um, and that uh, people will reach out and that uh, you can expand as these different situations uh, come up. As long as the lawyer is um, willing to take it on and is flexible, there you come out with uh, with some very very loyal clients. It sounds like a constant learning process, which is really cool, honestly. But uh, more than that, you're, you're really painting the picture of being a lawyer in a smaller community. It doesn't mean you're just being a lawyer. You're the lawyer. Like people know you, and that really creates that sense of community building and community involvement and builds some really nice relationships is, is what I'm getting here. Yeah. And so yeah. the, the other thing on that is that, um, um, you're, you're asked to give back a lot in the community. So there's different boards that you sit on for a long time. I'm not very artistic, but I, I respect artists. I sat on the Campbell river arts council as a director for, I think it was like eight years. Um, and, and as I say, I, I'm not artistic. I couldn't, I liked the art that was being produced. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I always felt out of my element, but they loved it because they had no idea about like the new societies act, what they had to do there or like, just like how to run a meeting. Um, and so those sort of things, like how to take minutes, it's like, okay, just write discussion there. You don't actually write that down. And, um, they were super happy. It was this really interesting, uh, like my buddies that knew me from being commercial fishermen are just like, like Campbell river arts council. I was like, Oh yeah. And, but it's just this whole other community that I never would have been in contact with made some really cool connections. 
the office now has uh, some really cool art because they, uh, the, those people that I met, those connections, they, they think about me, they, they bring stuff over, they're happy about uh, the contributions I made and so they contribute back. That's really neat. The other thing, like I'll have uh, big city guys, buddies of mine, will walk down the street and it's like people honk and you just, you learn to wave back. And it's like, why are they honking at you? It's like, because I'm their lawyer. They're, honk, they're honking at you and waving at you because you're their lawyer. It's like, yeah, just that's how friendly it is. And then there's some other areas that uh, I like being on. So we have uh, the Campbell River Salmon Foundation and I'm a director uh, of that too. And what we do is do fundraising locally and then uh, uh, put that money that we fundraise back into fish habitat and other uh, stream stewards put together projects that they need money for and they apply to us and we discuss the application or work with it with the applicant society and then um, then we fund the, the project. So it's um, they, there's art which is like way different from what I think of as nuts and bolts kind of things to like fishing where I have a large experience with and I, I feel like I have a different input on that. But I, I do, I'm able to do both of those things in a small town and everybody is super happy that you're just showing up and, uh, and contributing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, something my mentor told me one time, um, about law is when, when you become a legal practitioner, you're not just getting a job. Um, you're not just, uh, getting financial stability. You're, you're joining the legal profession and you represent that profession. Everything you do now has weights. Every board you sit on now doesn't just get your input. It gets your credentials. You, you give it the, the credibility. Uh, but, and I think you have, you, you basically showcase that better than anything with your, your lifestyle in, in, in Campbell River, honestly, from what you're saying. Uh, but not, not to keep harping on about your work and everything on there. How, how about you tell me a bit more about like your lifestyle um, in Campbell River, like outside of work, in work? Um. So there's right now we have three lawyers at the firm, me and my wife and uh, our articling student who just became a lawyer uh, just about a month ago. Um, we have a remote lawyer too that helps out with um, some litigation stuff and uh, pleadings and drafting that. He comes into the office about twice a week. But uh, our office runs 8.30 to 4.30. Um, I'm very strict on my staff not doing any emails outside of work. I turn off my emails on my phone if I want to go look at it to there, but no notifications. All my clients know that. A few of my older clients have my cell phone number. They're very judicious in its use. Um, but then again, you got court sometimes or you've got a busy schedule. So you, you come in early, but no one's telling you to do that. You just want to be able to show up prepared. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like, if we've got court, um, I charge like a big daily rate, but my family and at the office knows that for that daily rate, they get me while I'm awake. The, uh, but we, we take off all long weekends. I've not had no, just because we've been small, um, but we have a large conveyancing like real estate transaction arm at the office here, very strong in that only lawyers can sign trust checks in BC. So that does limit the time that I'm able to get away from the office. Uh, but that's why weekends and holidays are, are pretty, uh, I want to say sacred, but I, I 
we make sure that we try not to have the work intrude on that just to keep that balance and with the balance it it's there's a lot of work there's a lot of emotion you're in a small town there's not always businesses uh so you have to be able to take that on um because you do take it on even though you're a professional it's hard not to take on these issues that you know the people around you are dealing with uh but you have to take that time to get out there to do what's healthy for you just to, to keep that balance we do i have three younger daughters um but they come to the office when they have to it, it's there's it is uh it, it's all about the work-life balance thing that's sold out there is it is sold but you have to figure out what works for you if if you if you want to make your own time to choose your own decisions when you're going to work hard knowing that you do have to work hard and small town practice is it if uh um and your your clients will understand uh if you're not answering your phone like it took a took about a year but everybody now knows that you can get me in the office if you want me if you want my undivided attention you book an appointment with me uh through reception uh because emails these days have gone crazy but you can teach your clientele that and uh, as long as you're explain why you're doing it and that you are approachable but here's how you do it uh it's been a really good response uh in that way i the uh the community itself um as a lawyer like you're saying like you're everybody treats you well like i get treated well pretty much wherever i go and no one no one expects a deal from you and you don't expect a deal from anybody else but you want the same thing that you offer which is just an open door here's how you get a hold of me and uh and that i will talk to you or we will work on your on your issues it sounds like it's a practice that's really suited for someone that's really entrepreneurial and really wants to get out there and know the people and be active as well so that's it's really nice to hear and really identify for people um and actually specifically in bc like this this thing with um the growing demand for lawyers in rural areas uh the scarcity of them uh it's been happening for years now right um to the point that uh bc has actually got a program i think it's called the real program i think you were involved in it at one point uh to try and alleviate the situation can you tell me a little bit more about what you think of that or yeah, the real program is uh, again by the the CBABC. Um, I've been involved in it for many years. It, interestingly enough, both of the other lawyers that I'm not married to have come through the real program in a interesting way, not in the formal way. The real program is for second year law students between second and third year to get hooked up with uh, a practitioner in an, what's considered an underserved community. Campbell River is not an underserved community, but the practice in our law firm uh, takes us outside of Campbell River. Um, we do a lot of the small islands north uh, and to the west. Uh, in We do serve underserved communities where there's just no lawyers. I think there's only one lawyer. No, there's two lawyers north of us and uh, uh, up in Port Hardy. Um, and so we we go all, all over the place, or especially now that the pandemic brought in a bunch more virtual uh, opportunities for service delivery, 
Um, we do a lot more Zoom meetings or uh, MS Teams. Uh, it's really helped out in, in that face-to-face, -face, which uh, a lot of clientele like. But the uh, that real program, um, I went to a, a mixer uh, down in Nanaimo, and that's where I first met this uh, Joe, who's our, our uh, litigation kind of remote lawyer. Met him there, and then years later, he just reached out. He's like, "Yeah, I, you know, you guys were just so nice at that. You're you came from Campbell River to this Nanaimo thing to talk to students that were not even." out of school yet and he's just that hook that we just went down there and we're just we're just having fun we're from campbell river we're talking to people interested in what they wanted or just to see what they were doing and trying to sell campbell river a bit um and that turned out to be uh, a a real benefit for me like i'd say like it was like six years later when he phoned out of the blue and just said hey this is happening in my life do you need a lawyer and we did um and then the other one was my, my most recent articling student. I thought I needed a summer articling student again. Uh, so I put in to the real program for that. Um, and it was interesting because we, we were getting some more people where we had two people that were applying through a master's program, but they weren't really looking to stay in Campbell River. They were just looking for a bit of rural experience for their master's. I don't think that they were it was hard. We, we couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. Um, and there's not a lot of people in small towns that got that are masters of law. Doesn't mean you can't, but it's usually you're just hitting the ground running and there's, there's no requirement for it, no necessity. Um, but it was through this latest ad uh, that Jarrett found us, but he wanted uh, regular articles. And it worked out that at that time, like, that worked and uh he's now uh, a lawyer here and is uh, we're, we're looking forward to working together for uh many years at this point so um that that real program the other the, the thing about the real program is that the uh a certain portion independent you put in what you want i think i put in that i'd be willing to pay for half uh you don't as the recipient law firm you only pay a portion of the student's uh, uh, wages and, and the CBABC picks up that other portion, recognizing that uh, that summer articles may not provide a monetary benefit to the recipient law firm, um, but it, it helps them get that person into the smaller town, into the smaller region, look at the different types of areas of law that you're doing, meet some of the individuals there, and hopefully then uh, work uh, during the next year of, of securing articles. Um, and so I'd be very supportive of that. It, it's, we keep on pushing and in, in the smaller towns, I'm, I'm pushing too to have a, a more, a more wider program than the real program, sort of like what the doctors have, where if you're a, a law student, you come out, there's a certain amount of uh, student loan forgiveness if you're working in these underrepresented areas again. Because again, it, it, it would take about two years to really get into the feel like you're into the smaller area. Uh, in here, we found that uh, Campbell River, 
people kind of fly in and fly out of town. So they want to make sure you're there for a bit before they invest in uh, bringing over a whole bunch of work to you or uh, just just investing the time into a relationship. But um, once it was clear that my wife and I were staying here, we bought a house, we were getting, you know, having a family, all this stuff, then it, it was, you know, as I say, like you were the town's lawyer all of a sudden, right? You're not just a, a lawyer in town. And once that transition happened, uh, a lot of doors opened and that's where the, uh, like we're, we don't have to worry about advertising, get all these emails, you know, like get more leads. It's like, we're as busy as we want to be. And uh, we're just finding, we're looking for more people that we want to work with doing what we're doing. And, uh, and that's pretty much what led me to this podcast. I mean, honestly, um, the real program sounds surreal to me as someone from Ontario. Uh, we don't have anything in comparison, I'd say. And, Honestly, it's kind of regretful we don't, uh, because obviously it's led to great outcomes like yours. Like it sounds like you can get some serious direct mentorship with an articling student there, and even more that you can hit the ground running with a lot of practical work almost just immediately. If you just, if you're the kind of person that wants to start practicing and just getting really in there with someone's help, obviously uh, this becomes like something for you. Uh, but we, we we talk a lot about like how. How, how students don't really seem to be interested in going to rural areas, right? But why do you suppose this is? Uh... There's a couple of things off the hop. Like when I brought up Jarrett, um, at that point, Campbell River had a very low vacancy rate. Uh, so luckily, as I say, I'm in development law. I had to go to all my developers and pull a few strings in order to get them into a half-decent accommodation at a, at a at a rate that he could afford because I had to afford it too. Um, and that all worked out, but, um, there, there is that whole feeling that, well, you know, for about three or four years, like, well, yeah, about, I'd say four to five years financially, it's rough. Um, but then once he is after that, uh, and the only reason it's rough is because it's the, the overall rate that in, uh, the lawyers can charge in smaller towns are lower than you can in the bigger city. But the other thing is in the bigger city, it, it's, they, or I don't want to say pyramid scheme, but it definitely the seniors work off of, uh, the benefit provided by the juniors. Whereas here, we're just like get up to speed, bring me the problems that you're questioned with, but it's, it's your file run with it, which is a little scary. But then once you do that a few times, then it opens up. If you want to work more because you don't have a family commitments, you can, everybody's happy with that, right? The firm makes more money. The, the, uh, the young lawyer makes more money. Um, but if you don't, and you're just there, you know, because you're like, I want to, I want to work hard during my work day. And at the end, I want to spend time with my family. That's totally respectable in a smaller town too. It's like, there is no firm culture here other than when you're here, work hard, um, you know, work hard, be a professional. And then, you know, if you're off time, you want to do whatever, whether it's mountain biking, family, watching Netflix, that's fine. Um, it, it all, 
it's all available in a smaller town. Uh, just the, uh, yes, pure money. Uh, it's probably not, you're never going to be the same in a smaller town, even, uh, for just straight work. Um, but it is entrepreneurial. We're building our own building now. Uh, so we will have a building. There's no way you could do that in Vancouver, uh, or Victoria or even Nanaimo. And so that sort of ability to just not just have billables coming in, but to create a, a bigger business picture as an entrepreneur is available to you out here. Um, and it's not all just through billables. So if, if you're a billables machine, I don't know if smaller town will be for you, but if, if you're looking for other opportunities, it definitely exists in the, in the, uh, in the smaller towns and smaller regional uh, centers. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that because I, I have several peers that are, are looking for more of a balanced lifestyle. They don't really want to work like billing hours and hours and because they've started families like or, or they just, just got a child started and everything. I'm not really looking to like settle down somewhere, but uh, I, I guess in order to help them like really get an idea because you don't really know what rural life is until you get get there. Like, but what is living in a rural area like? I imagine the cost of living might be lower than in a bigger city, but uh what other experiences might be? Well, the biggest ones we have is just like, I'm, I cannot do commuting. I've tried it for a few years. I, I can't do it. It's bad for my mental health. There is no commute in Campbell River. Uh, there's only one place in Campbell River that has parking meters, and that's the airport. And nobody uses them. And it doesn't matter. At the courthouse, road, uh, road rage happens when I can't get like, three parking spots to the entrance and it's all free. Like there's tons of parking, four spots from the entrance. And so it's just like, Oh, I'm going to have to take three more steps. And that's the extent of road rage in Campbell River. Um, and, and then the fact that you can go like the Campbell River still makes things. There's still industry here. If I've got a problem with something, I can go there, get it fixed. Uh, it, it's knowing everybody in town, like, if my truck needs tires, no problem. The, the, the tire shop knows me. Uh, they, they're happy to deal with me. Uh, and they don't rip me off. They know, you know, it's like, uh, those sort of things are awesome. Um, knowing everybody in the legal community. That is another one. We know everybody when you're calling up, we don't like, uh, not all the time, but it's like, if you got a random Vancouver lawyer, your guard's always up. But if it's someone in town here, you phone them up, you kind of, you're able to discuss things. Nothing's being thrown back against you. We all know that we're lawyers and that collegiality uh, is, is super important. And I think that's one of the key things in the, in the small town. And you, you can phone them and discuss something about what's happening with the Vancouver lawyer. Cause everybody's like, Oh yeah, you know, I got Vancouver, the big firm beating you up. Right. But you've got this kind of, local legal community that's willing to help out. There's a lot of, there's a lot of very interesting people. Like, uh, we've, you know, one of the, one of our kind of pro bono lawyers here clerked for the Supreme court. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's, uh, you, you never know what you're going to find. Um, and, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the biggest ones are just that, you know, getting in here, there is the support. Um, and, uh, it, it, there is, you can get out of it as much as you put in the, uh, into the, 
into the smaller towns. The smaller towns are appreciative that you that you do come here and, and just you just show up. Like that's, that's the biggest thing is just show up, do the work. Um, it's nothing. Um, there's no magic. I mean, I, I like what you said there. Um, you get what you put put in back. Uh, that's always really, really good concept to put in mind. And, and I think when you were talking about like knowing the entire bar and and, and people, uh, basically who, who are going to be on the op- on the opposite side of you in, in in a courthouse, I think that might help you transition as like an articling student for the first time, handling your own um, files and whatnot, because you already know the person on the other side and they they know you as well. Um, so maybe it's a little less of a challenge or, or more of or a little no not a challenge maybe a little less scary i guess intimidating is another word for it yeah i and i it's a tough position to be in as an articling student um when you're sending out letters and then the other lawyer gets all upset with you and you're trying to hold them down um i'll get you know but you still with a good mentor, a good senior lawyer, you work up through that. Um, and that's how you, you find your pace. Uh, you're, you're showing the other side that you've done the work. And, and it's hard because as a, uh, as a younger lawyer, articling student, you don't want to be walked over. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's, it's not as easy as just me picking up the phone to this guy that I, or this other lawyer that I've had multiple files with and being like, Hey, uh, you know, let's talk about this before I write you the snotogram and send it over by fax or um, let's have a little talk on it. Um, or if you do send over something that's nasty, you always give a phone call. The uh, that That's the kind of direct um, mentoring. It's like you got the situation. There might be a bit of a personality coming up with another lawyer. Um, and are you going to stick with that? Do you, do you shift a bit? And if you shift a bit, you do that while maintaining your integrity and your professionalism, but you're just kind of like, well, try another tack here. And, you, and as long as everybody is, is trying to work towards a solution, you're you're given a lot of latitude. And uh, I, I, I I've been working with my my current young lawyer, working their way through that, and it's, it's really satisfying just to see. Yeah, growth happened and that independence and that that growth happening um, as they develop their own practice. Yeah, I mean, that's always the thing about being a mentor, right? Watching who, who you mentor uh, grow and develop. That's the, that's the payment that you get back, I, I suppose, like having taught a few people as a tutor and everything like um, growing up. But uh, honestly, you, you paint a really nice picture so far uh, about... Um, the, the lifestyle in a rural community and legal practice in it. But we also talked about the problems that uh, that, that were involved in uh, law students essentially not and, and what caused law students not to essentially come to rural areas. And that might be a lack of attention, but uh, you already mentioned maybe getting a program that forgives student loan forgiveness, for instance. Uh, is there any other... Uh, things you think should be done or have been done to kind of alleviate this problem? That's the most direct one because I think it, it for me, it, it, it doesn't, it encourages you staying in the small community for more than a year, right? Which is, which is good. Um, and it gives you a benefit for staying in there that 
especially after your first year uh, going to big firm and getting, you know, after first, second year of call, you'll get paid more in a big firm, right? So it's like, there's still that financial incentive to stay in the smaller town until those contacts have been made and you, and then, then it's, it's a symbiotic relationship where you're going to just get more business. You can charge more as you become known more, the, the supply of clients to you becomes more, uh, you know, or the demand of your legal services becomes more so you can raise your rates and, and off you go. It, it used the, the pandemic raised the price of land and, and a lot of people left the bigger cities, uh, to places like Campbell river, once remote working became, uh, accepted and, and more persuasive, uh, that are mainly accepted by the employers. Many people have moved here, which is part of the reason why now it's harder uh, for housing. Um, the, uh, and that, that's, that's one of the big ones is like, how do we, you know, you're supposed to be coming to a smaller community to have, uh, those things that you can't have in the downtown. Right. And that's kind of like a house or if you want to have kids or, you know, a garage or a boat or something like that. And that's all possible here. It's just now that, uh, the, um, the, the price of land, the price of, of housing, uh, it's gone up everywhere in Canada, but it, it's hit the smaller towns like Campbell river too. Um, and that's something that it's a, it's just because uh, again, the boomers are now retiring after they've come out of the pandemic. They're looking for the lifestyle change too that the smaller regions have with access to the mountains and then the, uh, the ocean and hiking and all that sort of things are here, um, that they're able to sell in the big, the big city house and then get something nice here with no, no mortgage. I don't know how to really, other than like what we're doing, which is like using all of your knowledge of the small town to find the basement suite or to find, uh, the, the back corner unit that is hard to market. So I got it for cheap for my articling student. Um, those are the kind of structural uh, things that, that I said, like the, the business is ramped up out of the pandemic, but the, uh, the accommodations are, uh, and housing it, it's, I know it's a, it's an issue everywhere across Canada, but specifically that's one of the bigger issues that I see, uh, preventing more students, you know, coming out, they've got the student debt. And then they have to pay quite a bit for uh, accommodation, whether it's rent or, or otherwise. And um, that, that's why, like for me, it's like that. I don't know how to do it on the rent side. Um, it is difficult for the smaller practitioner to pay big money to a articling student because it's just that articling student. You can't you can't bind them to any service contracts where they're going to be there for a bunch of years. And the first year is going to be tough, right? Like they're, you're not making the firm a lot of money. You're taking resources from the firm learning, which is fine. Like as a, as, as long as you know that that person is going to be there to kind of do the other side of it, give back, um, and, and, and be, you know, the return on the investment as it were, um, that would be great. But it's, I think it's, that's what's, uh, you know, that's what's causing this big uh, pause, why there isn't a lot of students looking out here, just because there's not a lot of uh, 
payment okay. coming out. Yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, you're, you're, you, you want to get ahead financially. You spend all this time and money, uh, investment in school, uh, in your undergrad, in your grads, uh, in your law school. And um, you want to feel like you can enjoy it. That you're having a job that's paying you or you can afford uh, your vacations or upgrade your, uh, your, your outfit from what you're doing through school. Um, and it all comes. It's just not all at once. And, and that is the, uh, I don't know how to deal, uh, how to get that uh, square, that circle. Um, I also know like in some of the smaller, especially up north, like food is also super expensive. Um, mm. That's a bit of an issue. Um, the, the, there's restaurants in, in the smaller towns, but that's why we go to the conferences like I talked about. Like the conferences in Vancouver, you're going there, you're learning. Those ones you get opportunities to go out with the other uh, practitioners, go out for a meal. There's a lot of good stuff there. But it's just that basic, like, how do we get the students up here? How do we uh, allow them to not only pay back their student loans, but to try and get ahead a bit too? And uh, I, I'm still looking for the answer of that. Um, my particular practice, I'm able to utilize younger lawyers at the beginning more um, and giving them files so that they are able to earn um and and put them on bonuses so that if they if they want there there is the ability to uh to grab that higher ring and and to make some more money but it's it's basically yeah you got to put in a bit of an investment and uh find the right person that you're you're looking to partner with even if it's not an official partnership you're still in a smaller uh smaller law firm there's only if there's under five lawyers like you're all basically partners, uh, no matter what you're doing, because there's, it's just not, if, if one or two people are away, the firms has to keep going and you, it's really not, uh, not good for anybody for you to say, oh, that's not my file or that's not my this. It's like, no, you're, you're in a small law firm and this is a problem now and you're going to have to do something to help resolve it. Um, whether it's in or out of your knowledge field, you're going to have to assist that client. But, um, but as I say, the, uh, the rewards come, it's just, I, uh, I do see it that, you know, you, you have to set yourself up knowing that you're not going to have big bucks right away in the smaller town. But then after the few years, after you get in the opportunities, just they're, they're everywhere. Right. Like there's, there's so many clients that just want me to use their place wherever it is in Palm Springs, Hawaii, Mexico. And it's just like, yeah, my problem now is this. I'm running this firm. I can't take the time off. And I've got kids that are in school. So that limits <laughs> limits when you can just take off to go somewhere. But but uh, it as I say, there, there, there's a lot of benefit to it. But there's that those structural issues that all of Canada is feeling it's true in the smaller towns too. And that those prices have gone up, especially for accommodation. And, and I don't see in like, it is something that needs to be dealt with. And I feel that the uh, student loan forgiveness um, over years is, is, is a good tool to do that. Um, it, it speaks directly to the monetary issues. Um, and it also, uh, 
helps uh, keep that that individual in the smaller town till they form those connections where they can take off then and, and make it work. Um, and it doesn't cost the small town pr practitioner uh, who's, you know, small town businesses, it's, it is rewarding, but it, it's not all financially rewarding. It's, uh, you're still, you know, you, you do well in the, in the community, but you, when you look at small town lawyers, they're not driving very fancy cars. They have to choose what they want to do. I, I think a lot of this is, as you said, more of an economic issue as well, because like of the, the current economic situation exasperates a lot of problems that, Maybe that'll change as like the economic outlook changes, but I, I would say that there are actually among my peers, from what I've heard, that there are there are there are a fair amount of people that don't quite care about what cars they're driving or what kind of clothes or whatever they want. They're, they're really just looking for work and really looking for a community. And I think what what you've shown me is that you you want someone someone that a student that wants to be a rural practitioner should be someone that is looking to make a commitment, be involved in the community. He's entrepreneurial and he knows what it's going to take. Like he knows what it's going to be like. And yeah. the biggest one is just, is being accepting, right? It's like, you don't have to, the knowledge of the law isn't that great. The knowledge of yourself is, um, because the, as I say, when you come to the small town, people are interested in you. They've all seen lawyers before, right? They're just, they're interested in like, why are you different than the other lawyers? Why, what value do I have in coming to you, my local lawyer, rather than going to a Vancouver lawyer, right? And, it, and it's not always just money, right? I charge less, right? But uh, um, that is, if you have that, that kind of, it's not always self-promotion, but you do have to have a, you do have to have that kind of loyalty to yourself and be like, I can do this and you, and it will come. Um, everything's not mapped out in a small town, right? It's like uh, in Campbell River, we've got forestry mining, uh, we got fishing, um, but I've also done mining in Northwest Territories. The opportunities are everywhere. Once people know that you're just, a, a lawyer is someone that's willing to do certain work on your behalf and you have to sit down and talk to the lawyer and come to a retainer agreement about a what the work is b what you're going to get paid all those things like every time you see a new client it is all new right unless it's just like okay we're doing a house sale here's the flat fee here's what we do and you roll through that i i like doing house sales i still like doing house sales because generally people are happy when they come in to see you People are not always happy coming into seeing a lawyer. Oh, I've tried everything else. And now I hear I am seeing a lawyer. You're like, oh boy. But in house sales, it's just like, woohoo, selling the house. Like, usually there's something good happening in their life. You get a, it just feels good, right? For my mental health, like selling houses is like a lot of fun. Um, and, and you get to teach people stuff that they probably never knew. And you're, they're just happy, right? It's like, uh, so. They, you you find those little areas like my wife she and it's a solicitor portion of the job she does not like doing house sales for some reason i don't know why uh she likes complex uh, business sales which uh way too much paper for me like, like this thick right it's like no like i don't like doing this and and having some fun and making it happen and uh and and showing people what lawyers can do like uh, i'd say a, a lot of our business came from they met me on something that was 
a house sale, but now I'm doing like development work for them or corporate work or selling their business or buying another business. They're just like, I want to go talk to that guy again. Right. And that, that just worked out just because they're, they're like, he is a fisherman, but, and I, and I tell people like, like, there's no magic. Lawyers don't do magic. Like we just, we just know where to look. We know how to do the work and, and we'll present you with some options and uh, we'll just take it from there. Um, and, and people respect that, right? Like you don't, don't, you never say like, oh yeah, we know everything because that's a, it's false. Um, and, uh, and it just sets yourself up for, uh, you know, you, you got to lower the client expectation, hit it out of the park seems to do really well um, as a business practice here. But the, uh, yeah, yeah, as I say, it's, um, if you, if you, you, the fact is you don't have to know what you want to be doing. You just have to be comfortable working and comfortable being yourself. And, uh, and in the smaller towns that like we do have, like it's diverse, like people, it, everybody doesn't think that about a place like Campbell river resource, uh, community, but you know, I've had clients transition genders while they're my, or, you know, while they're my, not genders, but they, they transition through while they're my client. And I had to learn how to, uh, call them by a new name and, and it was all good. Right. And I was like, all right. Um, and all these, all these things are, are occurring around you on very personal, uh, relations, right? Like that client, it was like, I was the first person they told that to, and that happens a lot. And for me, that's like, I'm always blown away like that. You come out of a meeting, you're just like, they're like, man, that person has never told anybody that in their life before. And they trusted me with that. Sometimes it's really, you're like, I, I got to take an early lunch and process this. Other times it's just like, all right, that's, that's what my job is. Kind of sit there with a poker face in a way, let people know they've been heard, let them know that you're working on it and that you're, you know, sometimes you can say like, Oh, that was a problem, but you're just like, but I understand how you got into that problem. And, uh, and that's like, we small town law, you really are half the time a counselor. People are telling you things that you've told no one else. And you have to then say like, well, is this a legal issue or is this an emotional issue? And emotional issues are generally when people say, well, this is on principle. You're like, Oh, okay not really a good legal reason to do it, just principle. So it's like, this is more of an emotional issue. So you explain to people what two years of court looks like and, uh, and that you might have the best case in the world, but it's still 50, 50 with the courts. Um, and is that really what you want to do? Right. It's like, uh, you know, like I'll be charging my money and I, I, I don't think that that's uh, what you need uh, with this problem. You probably need to figure out what you really want to do. And, um, and so saying no to people and not taking work in many ways is as, uh, satisfying as doing a big court case. It does take three years to get through and you actually did get the client what they wanted and got the full pull, which is, Oh, it feels great as a lawyer when you can do that too. Um, uh, but that's not every person that walks in through the door needs that right and so uh that's that's the um 
recognizing that, having the ability to, or enjoying that too, right? Like, it's like, what does it look like when you show up to work? It's like, well, you, you don't really know. And, you know, I come in early, deal with some emails, do a couple of things at once, but you really don't know until your phone starts ringing and the emails start going, um, what that day is going to look like in small town practice, because it's active and uh, that, that, and that's what gets me excited is like, you've got a, a, a team around you, you've built this team and they're there to support you and you're there to lead. And uh, when the phone rings and st stuff starts happening, like the pandemic, your team's there and, and we're, we manage to uh, not just to get through, but to thrive. Uh, and that, that was a real, that yeah, was just, it's energizing. Right. It makes you keep coming back because it's not always the same. And that that way you're saying before where you're always learning. If I just wanted to do certain areas of law in town, I could. But I enjoy the always learning portion of it. Um, and even if you are a smaller town lawyer, you know, you can still find mentors. You go to the conferences, you join through CBA uh, BC. They have these subsection meetings which have now it's way better now after the pandemic or during the pandemic is it they're all on zoom before there's main about 20 percent of them were available virtually um and uh but now everybody has the equipment all the locations have it and so you can be a part of it but anybody that's presenting on a case they are available to you to phone and just say like hey say you present on this i got a case that kind of touches on that I've never been turned down uh, on reaching out for that sort of information. Um, and then, so the, the mentoring is many respects, right? It's not just maybe the senior lawyer that you're, that, that you're joining in the small town. It's also the bigger downtown law firms and that they, they enjoy it. Like the number of times I talked to them, they're just like, and I tell them what I do up here. A lot of times they're, they, they're, they're like, that sounds great. You know, like I, I, I wish I was able to have an expansive area of law like that, that I was able to practice in too. Um, so that, that's kind of the, uh, yeah, yeah. Like what, what sort of person, why I enjoy small town, because I enjoy those things and it, and it, it really worked out. And if that's in a person's makeup to kind of go out, make your own thing, uh, then the small towns for you, right? You don't, I never bought into a, a firm or anything. I just went started my own. And then through is basically just through joining organizations, getting my name out there. Now we're, we're very large and uh, it's, it's a, uh, uh, you know, you get recommended the word of mouth is, is the strongest recommendation. And especially in a small town, like once word of mouth starts for your name, um, and then the, the rest, the rest is just trying to keep up with it and trying to keep that good name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of unpack and follow up there, but I, I know we're running short on time. So uh, we, we've, we've, we've really covered exactly what kind of person might um, enjoy rural practice and what rural practitioners are actually looking for in uh, lawyers. So hopefully some of my peers are interested or some podcast listeners are also interested. And for those listeners, other than maybe if you're in Ontario like me and we don't have anything like the real program, what would you recommend they do to pursue these opportunities? 
Well, the biggest one is this. It would be if you knew the kind of area that you wanted to be in, there's always going to be the lawyer that wants to talk, right? And so the best way would probably be if you knew a sort of region that you wanted to be is find the regional center there, find the bigger law firm, talk to the junior lawyers, talk to the junior lawyers, ask them about what's going on, who's practicing and what they're doing. Uh, then build up your information that way before you approach those other, whether, whether they're solo or in the smaller, uh, a very small firm uh, practice, because it depends on the day you approach a small town lawyer and how busy they are. Um, but if you do have a bit, it's nice just to winnow it down with getting that information from the junior lawyers. Because I know in my, in, in Campbell River, I know the three or four lawyers I would send people out to talk to um, and whether or not to, to come in with me. Um, but, you know, you, you have to have, I would say that, you, you know, you're not just going to a small town to be in a small town. It's like, why do you want a small town? Do you want it because it has opportunities close to recreational? Is it because there's a certain uh, industry there that you're interested in working with? Uh, and, or is it just because, you know, you like that rural lifestyle that this community affords, but either way, it's, it, uh, for whatever reason you want to, you want to start there somehow, just finding out like what attracts you and then, then start digging more information. But I would go to trying to find more of the junior lawyers first that, that they'll, they'll know everybody and they, they should be able to give you some good insight and then on the who to contact, because it's, it's definitely, there's a big who to contact. Now there, a lot of the older, uh, I'd say boomer lawyers are now retiring, uh, looking to retire. So sometimes when you talk to them, they just look at trying to sell the practice to you as quickly as possible. Right. Which is not always, as they say, like I never bought into a practice. Um, you don't always need that, but there could be some other, uh, uh, practitioners that are my age, but it's like, you, you have to figure out in my age, I'm like in the forties, um, you know, by talking to someone else and you're able to talk more intelligently when you do find that lawyer that you want to maybe, uh, work with. So it's, there's definitely, you know, do, do a bit more of your time, read the website. My website's horribly out of date, but it, it also has some things on there where, I know if you've read my website, right? And it and it'll it'll give you some nuggets. And it's just like it it doesn't take much to stand out. So make a bit of effort and uh and, and then it's like hey, you know, you want the lawyer to be like, hey, I had this uh uh had this interesting call <laughs> from this this neat law student and blah blah blah, right? And then you, something that hooks into into that lawyer's head because they're if the lawyer's not getting back to you, it's probably fine anyways. Not all lawyers like working with other people. Uh, lawyers are interesting crowd. But um, if if it is a lawyer that does want to work with other people, you got to put it in their head and show them a bit about why they would want to, why you are one of those people, right? And generally phoning is like a good start. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it's definitely... Um, it's out there. If you want to do it, you can start to either talk to your um, 
you're, you're a career professional. Um, I still keep in touch with my uh, career consultant professional from University of Calgary Law. Um, and uh, they, they know of the interesting smaller town ones that reach out to them. And uh, sometimes those are the best places to start because then you'll find you'll find people that are maybe not in the exact region you want, but if they're even in the catchment area, uh, then they, they'll know those other lawyers and they, they, you know, that they want to be involved because they're already involved with the law school. Um, and then, so you find you're in and then you start getting your information and you keep pushing forward. It, it, it's, it's, it's the squeeze is worth the juice. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly great advice in any facet, I think, of any job. But uh, I think another thing I would add is, like, we we probably need more lawyers like you as well who would reach out to uh, student coordinators and everything like that to, to really elucidate these opportunities. Like, if a lawyer knows that, oh, I, I can hire some student, I have enough work that I can uh, bring someone in, uh, talk to schools, right? Uh, there are students out there, I, I know there are, because I'm, I'm friends with them, that are interested in things like this. Uh, so they do exist. Um, but... There's a lot of things that we touched on here that we don't have time to follow up on. So maybe we could follow up at another time. But I want to thank you in the meantime for everything you've already shared with us, all your experiences and everything for me and my listeners and just spending time with us overall. No, and thank you because this is part of the engagement that I enjoy being in too. Also uh, trying to get to a wider audience and just, uh, putting up an ad on the, on the real program, uh, that, uh, it, it, like the number it's just, it's, it is very interesting. The number of times I come out and I talked with, with Jarek, uh, and just like, seriously, man, you, you cannot make shit like this up. Like this is just, it is very exciting. And so, um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's all out there. It's just a matter of putting the people together. And uh, this podcast hopefully is uh, one of the pieces in the puzzle. And that's why I'm so, uh, so happy that you reached out to me. And I'm uh, very happy uh, to be involved in this and look forward to maybe a follow up in, uh, in the future. Happy to oblige. Until then, that's it for today. Peace out. just been listening to the law school show you can find more episodes on apple podcasts stitcher and now on spotify or on our website at thelawschoolshow.com if you liked what you heard like us again on facebook or follow us on twitter for the latest updates human stories new legal topics and career advancing advice right to your earbuds catch it all here next time on The Law School Show.